Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Listen, all you New Yorkers. You taxi. Okay, we're looking around. This is the 77 WABC minicast. The former senior advisor to George W. Bush, the president. And Carl, we love having you here on the show. Um, you know, there's so much to talk about. Uh, we're going to be talking about some of the military offensive that's happening in Israel. Let's get to some of the politics of it, because I don't know if you saw this. The, uh, the president and everybody in the White House is now saying they want a pause. And people are wondering, is this president wobbling on Israel? Yeah, it looked uh, troublesome uh, because a pause is another word for a ceasefire. And uh, and the opponents of Israel, the enemies of Israel uh, and the friends of Hamas are out there uh, beating the drum for a ceasefire. Well, maybe they should have called for a ceasefire moments into the uh, massacres that occurred on October 7th. I mean, I, I love this. So let, let 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 the terrorists come in and murder children and uh, rape women and kill elderly people and take hostages among the civilian population. And, uh, and then, but let's, let's create a ceasefire before anybody uh, goes and attacks the, the, the terrorist, the, the militants who did those things. So I have no, um, maybe the administration feels it's compelled to do this because of the situation in the region. Uh, they want to keep everybody calm, but uh, the idea of quote, a pause, uh, this ought to be um, we ought to be supporting Israel in defending itself and wiping out the high command of Hamas and uh, getting hold of as many of, uh, of those who participated in the massacres and uh, and uh, dealing them dealing with them and bringing them to justice. Yeah. And this wobbliness is crazy. And they're talking about like maybe multiple pauses every time. It, it just it looks so bad. Um, Carl Rove, we have uh, former Governor David Patterson. Carl, I think, Governor, uh, how are you? (laughs) I'm fabulous, Governor. We wish you were back in there. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'll call you when I decide to do it. (laughs) (laughs) But um, of all of the galling and just horrible things that happened on October 7th, the one that uh, bothered me the most is something you sort of mentioned. Within an hour of the attacks... 50 countries on this planet call for Israel to show restraint. Now, if somebody broke into your house and you grabbed your gun, what are they going to do? Tell you to hold restraint? But it's really not funny at all. It, it just yeah. demonstrates that, um, that the, the, the emboldened feeling of these countries about challenging our country. Yeah. Well, and it also shows the, the hatred towards Israel and the the presence of anti-Semitism around the world. I mean, the, the Jews, the, this was the, the, the theory behind October 7th was kill as many Jews as possible. I, my heart is aches when I look at that picture of that classroom with the floor entirely covered in blood. Those were the blood of innocence. And, and yet we have one of the leaders of Hamas saying we will do, you know, we will do October 7th every time we can. So let's not kid ourselves that 
that uh, there is evil in this world and uh, Hamas needs to be dealt with. Otherwise, the security of Israel is going to be at stake and a, a friend and an ally is going to be at risk and innocent lives are going to be needlessly lost. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking to Carl Rove. Judge Weinberg, you have got a question. Carl, and Carl, it's even broader than uh, Israel or the Jewish communities across the, the world. It's This is a first step in an attempt by extreme Islamic fundamentalists to have control over the world. And the next yeah. group are going to be the Christians and then the Hindus and then the Buddhists. Nobody is safe from this kind of terrorism and this kind of zealotry. What do you think? Oh, I, I totally agree. Totally agree. In fact, uh, look, what's amazing to me is how people in the Mideast are cross-pressured because you've got to, uh, we've got to know that, that the leaders of many of the countries in the Middle East are, uh, understand that this is Iran attempting to control and dominate the region. And they know that they are at risk as well, that this is not only the Israel and the Jews, but is them as Sunnis and opponents of, of Iran. So but cross-pressured by popular, by popular feeling inside their countries. You know, they, they have to sort of straddle this issue. But, but there's a reason why the king of Jordan called up uh, the, the, the prime minister of Israel in September and said, I'm hearing rumblings about something bad is going to happen because he was concerned about this because he sees behind this Iran. And talk about an enemy of, of, of our friends and allies in the region. That's the ultimate and that's the ultimate foe. Let's go back to the United States. You're a man in the know. What the heck is going on with the Republican Party? I mean, are they going to be able to – it looks like Trump is way in the lead. Are they going to be able to shoot him down? Well, look, remember, who is in the lead at this point in 2015? It was a guy named Ben Carson. Actually, mean in 2011, Ben Carson was ahead, in the, in, leading in the Iowa caucuses. And, of course, it was then – he didn't win the Iowa caucuses. So there's plenty of time. And, and, and if I were looking at the numbers, there's a reason why President Trump has now bought television in Iowa and has now gone there in, in, in uh, October and, uh, and, and late September eight times because he's flatlined. In the Iowa poll, he was 43 in August. It should be 42 in August, 43 today. So nearly – So he can't afford to lose. He can't afford to lose. And, and look who's got momentum. Nikki Haley in August was at 6%. And in October, she's at, she was at 16%. And, uh, and, and, a, and have, if you take his numbers, if a majority of the people still say they're open to considering who they're going to vote for. And of the people who've made up their mind, they represent 29% of the electorate have said, I've made up my mind and I'm for Donald Trump. Now, here, why I put this in my column today. I don't understand why the Trump campaign and why the former president himself goes around. He says, I was up by 60. I'm up by 67 points. No, you're not. You're, you're in the national poll at 58. And in, the, in, in Iowa, you're at 43. You're 27 points ahead of, your, of the next two people. But you know what? Things can change in that place. They, they can, but, the Carl, but Carl, come on. Uh, also, that's a huge difference between him and number two and three. I mean, you'd much rather be in Trump's position, uh, you know, and you've oh, yeah, handled I so many what campaigns. I, I, what I think Carl Absolutely. was saying, what I think Carl was saying is that in 2011, Ben Carson was this kind of 
favored candidate. Yeah, but he and didn't he, have that yeah, kind of a lead. But then nobody he had a meltdown. On, yeah, and he didn't have that kind of a lead either. I mean, but, that's a huge lead. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah he, he was way ahead. He, he was, was way he ahead. Was he was, and, he was and ahead. Basically, yeah. if he hadn't had the meltdown that he had in one of those TV interviews, he would have won Iowa. Yeah. Well, and look, it, 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 we've, we've got a little bit of history here. 1984, Walter Mondale was going to be the nominee of the Democratic Party. Goes to Iowa. Last poll has him at 49% on election day. On caucus day, he gets 48.9. But the story was the guy who in the last poll was at 3% suddenly gets uh, 16%. And Gary Hart. And, the, and, and there's a race. And eight days later, Hart beats him based on a, a wave of national. Who's this guy who was at 3% who suddenly comes in second? And everybody paid attention to Gary Hart for eight days, and he upset uh, Mondale in in uh, uh, in New Hampshire. And the contest was finally settled. Mondale won it, but he won it on June fifth, when in the last set of primaries, Gary Hart won 20, went on to win twenty six contests. And on the last day in June, June fifth, the last day of the primaries, he won California, South Carolina, uh, South Dakota, and New Mexico. But Mondale won New Jersey and West Virginia and, and thereby secured the Democratic nomination with 21 delegates to spare. So, I, you know, and, and Mondale could Mondale could have lost because if Gary Hart had been able to answer the question, you may remember the famous debate where Mondale says, uh, every time I hear you speak, I'm reminded of that commercial. Where's the beef? Right. Yeah, yep, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Carl, yeah. Carl, we um, we um, got a heart out here, but I just want to say you're right. You never know what happens, but boy, it's yeah. a, it's a sizable lead in many polls. It is, um, it is. Carl. It we is. love your perspective. We always love having you here. Thank you, well, Carl. Thank you, Carl. And uh, listen, got to work hard. Yes, sir. It will be an All interesting right. year. That's yep. for sure.